So, John, what did you think of Deadpool 2? Oh, we start in there. <laughs> through me. Um, yeah, okay. <clears throat> so, I watched both Deadpool movies for the first time in the space of 24 hours. That must have been quite something for you. It, yeah, it was quite an, a bit of immersion therapy into the world of Deadpool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed them. I thought they were good films. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I always, I'm always a little bit concerned. I was concerned that that would have a really this film. I really hate it because I have very limited patience for films that do this kind of break in the fourth wall thing. Mm-hmm. Like it can be funny, but it can also be just a real lame excuse for lazy writing. Mm-hmm. And I felt this film just about well, these films just about walked on the edge of that. There were times, particularly in the second one, when I kind of thought, oh, this is just getting a bit of a lazy crutch now. Like when they just wrap up a plot point, and go, oh, that's they'd actually say, oh, that's lazy writing. <laughs> right, just because you say it doesn't mean it's not. But um, yeah, that being said, you don't really go to these films for plot. They're not really the story. I, what I think I would say is that the story could not have mattered less. Yep, I agree completely. I mean, in the second one particularly, the plot literally couldn't have mattered less because in the post-credit sequence, you just rendered the entire <laughs> film irrelevant. Spoilers, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I did. I did quite appreciate that. Yeah, sort of thing that only Deadpool can really get away with. Well, what did you think about them? Um, I really enjoyed them. Um, you had seen the first one? Yeah, yeah, I'd seen the first one in the cinema. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed them. I did not ever think that they were like the best films ever, but neither were they pretending to be. Oh, God, not at all. No. Um, that's one thing that I really appreciate for these films is they know exactly what they are mm-hmm. and they stick to that. Sure. They're, they're just a bit silly. They make jokes about the budget that they're given and um, the circumstances of these films and other other films in the genre and other pop culture as well but done in a way that I quite appreciate the way it's done compared to something like say Ready Player One where it's just pop culture pop culture pop culture Mm. all the time and I find that much less fun this one takes a fun spin on it and puts a character on screen very very loyal to the comics which in previous films has not been done well for this character which obviously these films make a lot of jokes about yes true (laughs) Um, well, that isn't. I think one thing one thing it does differently to Ready Player One, to its credit, is that even though it's very self-referential, mm-hmm. and it references a lot of things around it, it references the MCU, mm-hmm. a lot of references the X Men franchise a lot, particularly like it has yeah, yeah. A, a lot of very open jokes. But you know, is it the first one that actively mentions James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart by name? Like, yeah, is it? Yeah. Am I going to meet Patrick Stewart or James McAvoy? Like, yeah. So it does a lot of referencing its own universe, but it doesn't go in for that whole kind of referencing everything that's like cool in popular culture right now like mm-hmm. it's not like it's packed full of stranger things references you know what i mean mm-hmm. things that are gonna things that might make an audience go oh i recognize that reference today but if you watch it in five years people are gonna be like you know it's ironic you'd say that because there was a stranger things reference in deadpool too oh was there oh okay he, i take he, it back <laughs> he called uh negasonic teenage warhead he, he, he called her 11 oh he did oh you're right i'd actually really like that yeah. joke so I but, you know, <laughs> damn it um, <laughs> But it didn't like over. I didn't feel like it was overly doing that. It, did, it wasn't like throwing too many like just random pop culture yeah, references exactly. in space of like actual jokes, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. Uh, but you did mention how you feel like this film. A benefit of this film is that it knows what it is and it doesn't stray from that, mm-hmm. which I'd mostly agree with. But one thing I didn't quite understand is with both films is why they felt the need to try and make it even slightly emotional. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean. The- 
I don't think the, the second one made it particularly emotional, other than like the opening scene, mm-hmm. um, which I don't want to spoil for anyone just in case. But after that, they kind of kind of move past it. Do you think so? Yeah, I kind of feel like the whole film's really built around like you know what happens in the opening scene, mm-hmm. and also his kind of wanting to build a relationship with the. Well, yeah, like it, it, it is the basis for the plot, but yeah. it's not mentioned in every single scene. No, true, but I feel like it. It. it it, I did notice that both of them took really like conventional kind of superhero plot lines mm-hmm. and then just kind of dressed them up with this kind of silly kind of, you know, hyper-violent, irreverent kind of mm-hmm. thing. But I, I kind of just thought, do we actually need these stories? Could it not just be two hours of just utter silliness? Like, could it be spoofing a genre that it's also a part of? I thought that might be more interesting. Mm. Like, imagine it was just pure spoof and there wasn't any need for him to redeem himself and... And the thing is, because it always undercuts that, like it's it's kind of goes a certain degree into like seriousness and into emotional moments, which I never really bought into because it's just not that kind of character where you are going to. But then it also undercuts itself by then having like there's a scene where you think he's going to die and there's a very mm-hmm. long um, goodbye sequence and then it just makes a joke of itself like it just it drags it out to <laughs> be ridiculous lengths and it was funny yeah but like it never really. Um, it never really committed to the seriousness, nor nor should it have. But it didn't. It, it was kind of there were definite times when it spent a bit more time on the plot than I feel like we needed. Mm-hmm. And because the plots were really, like the first one's just an origin story, but mm-hmm. with Deadpool, so it's inherently funnier than most boring origin stories. Yeah. And the second one goes into the whole dead girlfriend trope, basically, mm-hmm. which is again used a lot. Um, and yeah, it just kind of so that I, I enjoyed it more when it was just him running around causing chaos and not not really. I didn't want personal growth from Deadpool. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, I really hope he learns a valuable lesson at the end of all this. Well, I think that these films do really, they work well by taking a trope of superhero movies where the first one is just you play an origin story, mm-hmm. but give it a twist. Mm-hmm. And the twist is the main character knows that he's in a movie. Sure. And can break the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. And no other superhero films are doing that, even slightly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, it's your classic second superhero movie. There's, a, there's an emotional change. Mm-hmm. In which case, a main character has died. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a different story. There is a sidekick added, um, and another emotional journey. Mm. And it's the same. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I think we're saying the same thing. It's basically it just follows a very kind of well-worn path in that way. Yeah. Well, I, I think it worked off because it can then point all the different holes in that well-worn path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess I would have liked it to have just been even even sillier than it already was. Just in, a little bit. I don't know. It's a small complaint. Like, mm-hmm. it, I just never really. I, just, I guess the, for me, the weakest points were when it tries to be tries to be serious because I just never really cared about the character in that way. I had fun watching him, but I never actually was, you know, invested emotionally because it's mm-hmm. not that kind of film. And I, I don't see why I would waste time pretending it was that kind of film, even for a second. Like, mm, yeah. just be a two-hour like chuckle fest. Just throw more jokes at me. Mm-hmm. How did you think the second one compared to the first? Then, having seen the first, because like, I saw them so close together, yeah. they almost meld into one film for me. But. Yeah, I've seen the first couple of times. It doesn't really hold hold up much to rewatching. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, the second one feels like it would, but I've only seen it the once, so sure. I can't really say. Um, at this point, right now, I prefer the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, well, I, I have to see after rewatching it a couple of times. Yeah, I feel like joke. For, I mean, I saw the second one in the cinema. It was the first one I just had on. TV, so I was I was more invested in the second one in that sense because I was paying mm-hmm. more attention. But yeah, it felt like joke for joke. It did feel like a lot of the same, and, and like yeah. that nothing really mattered. Oh no, it absolutely did. But the, joke for joke, it felt like a lot of jokes landed. So mm. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I think, I think the second one did better for, for humour, certainly. Because mm-hmm. um, it really did take what the first one did and then just make it bigger and better. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just a small hand, mm-hmm. it's got a small lower body. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk was, about that. Yeah, yeah they took all, a lot fa- of the jokes. My, my favourite scene, absolute favourite scene. Yeah, I did have a lo- I did have some questions. <laughs> Go on. Um, so, so his superpower, I guess, is just that he regenerates. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's super strong or something, but mostly he just regenerates. I don't think he's super strong. No, he, ju- he just re- can't be killed. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I I've been wondering as well where where has he got like his his advanced sword skills from? Mm-hmm. Like he can drop a bullet in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One bullet. Somebody has like heightened. Um, I guess. Maybe who knows? Let's just say that. Yeah. So yeah, there is a scene where he gets like ripped in half, mm-hmm. and then he grows tiny little baby legs. Like in the first film, he grows his tiny little baby hand. It, mm-hmm. it takes him time to grow it back, and that's the source of much co- comical visual humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, does he feel pain? It feels like he feels pain. Hmm, I don't know, maybe he feels less pain, or... I mean, he literally gets ripped in half. It's horrific. <laughs> it's really horrific. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you. No, true. Because there's also a scene where, uh, I think it's the opening scene, where he literally blows himself up, and you yeah. see the little bits of him flying around, but you don't see him recovering from that bit. No, you don't. <laughs> you see, I think you see uh, Colossus carrying him in like a plastic bag or something, mm. and then so you assume he grows up. So do, does it just have to be as long as his head is there, that the rest just grows out his head? I know, you're asking me for specifics on a film that... Doesn't care for specifics. Deliberately doesn't care for I know, specifics. I know, I'm getting too nitty like, Does just... he feel pain? Does he have super strength? How can he drop a bullet in half? It doesn't matter. He's no. Deadpool. He's just your average superhero. He can do whatever he wants. That's fair, you're right. I'm, I'm asking questions that don't require answers. I was just yeah. trying, yeah. Uh, okay, but something, that, one question that I did have uh, that slightly irritated me um, was, because uh, the, the one thing I do remember from the marketing of the first film was that there was a lot of kind of talk about he's going to be the first kind of pansexual mm-hmm. Marvel character. Hero, maybe not the right word. He's more of an anti-hero, but you know, the, the mm-hmm. first kind of yeah. real pansexual franchise leader. And he's really not. <laughs> like to, to clarify, what is pansexual? Pansexual you... is like you will sleep with... Well, I, I, I don't... I think, I think it's like you'll sleep with... You sleep with anyone sounds wrong. I'm sure it's not correct. It's like you don't define as gay or straight or necessarily even bi. It's more just like you can be anything in the moment. Like mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure how it, defi- how it differs from bisexual, but... Yeah, the idea is basically that he would be as comfortable sleeping with a man as he would with a woman. And uh, that's clearly not the case. That just manifests itself in a couple of weird jokes about him blowing Wolverine, um, which obviously you never see. I mean, I wasn't expecting like a full like kapow kapow blowjob. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's very conventional. It's quite heteronormative in a way in that mm. you just, just have a conventionally beautiful girlfriend. And yeah, it just, I mean, we had this discussion off the podcast last mm. week but yeah I just felt that was a little bit disappointing I mean it's not I'm not expecting it to be call, you by, call me by your name I thought it would just be really cool if he did just you know mm. sleep around a bit and they made like a, a bit of a running joke of that but they don't really he's mm. very much he pretty much presents as as straight as they come Yeah. so I was a bit like well that's and that's fine that's not like he has to be anything else but it's like well if you're going to mark it as being something you should have the courage to actually you know, well, go with it where was the marketing that you saw because it might not have been official it might have been somebody make ranks and clickbait True, it probably if it, was. If it was from 20th Century Fox, yeah. then yeah, sure. I, can't, I just remember that being something I... I know, you know, I'm going to obviously read, you know, I read gay magazines and, you know, it probably is just the kind of people I follow on Twitter. It probably just... I remember that being the thing that I knew about Deadpool. They made me think, oh, maybe I'll watch this. This might be quite an interesting... I wonder what they'll do with that. And then when I finally got around to watching it, I was like, oh, well, there's nothing here. <laughs> yeah. It's not that at all. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, yeah. That one day, it'll be nice. And maybe they'll need to do it with a less comedic character, but... Yeah, and we're only just getting female superheroes, so, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not really holding my breath for, like, you know, 
openly gay Marvel comic superheroes anytime soon. But yeah, hopefully, but yeah. yeah, we'll see. Baby steps, literal baby steps with his tiny little baby legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what did you think of the additions to this film for the first one? Such so as, so there's the new characters. So, Cable's the main one. Mm-hmm. What did you think of him? He was great. Um, because well, why was he great? He was great because I just like looking at his face and just be like, oh my god, he looks so much like Thanos, which which doesn't really isn't going to mean much to you, mm. but but the actor played Thanos, right? This is the thing. Yeah. So why is an actor who is playing a major part in a big MCU film right now also playing a, a major but very different part in another film that's kind of associated? It just seems weird. Uh, associated and it's the same uh, genre. Yeah. Sure. Um. It's, I, I guess that they just didn't write it into his contract that he couldn't <laughs> do another film with, do another superhero film at the same time. And then they and, were pissed. Well, I don't know, maybe not. Well, at least he didn't grow a moustache. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think people are going to see the Josh Brolin film. Oh, no, of course. Absolutely not. Absolutely no. not. No. But, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, it was, it was good. He was, he was a great character. Um, he had the appropriate amount of backstory mm-hmm. for this. They're just like, oh yeah, the future, his family's dead or whatever, he's out for revenge. Yeah. That's it. Again, super generic backstory, yeah. but fine, sure. Yeah. Exactly. I think generic is just what these films thrive on. Oh yeah, that, that's probably, yeah, you're probably right. I'm probably being so a bit That's where the brunt of most of their jokes come from. It's just, here's what's generic and here's a little twist. Yeah. That's probably fair. I'm probably being too harsh by criticising the plot because you're right, they are basically spoofing. To spoof something, you have to kind of have the original thing there yeah. to show what you're spoofing. So that makes sense. It's like saying scary movie films are unoriginal. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, they're too similar to Scream. Well, of course yeah. they are. Like, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I'll take that. Um, yeah, I mean, I did... St- I would say that I felt like I can't really remember much about his character now, apart from the fact that he could time travel and... Yeah, so he, he had... No, he, he couldn't time travel. He had a time machine that had enough fuel for, like, two uses or something. Oh, that was it, yeah. Um, which, that was the lazy writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know, it's, it's quite important to the plot, so mm-hmm. that's why they had it like that, but help make a joke whether he's right or whatever uh, and what else could he do he had, like different tech things like he had a shield and a like a magnetic gun or something mm-hmm. don't think he had any powers or any, of, any, of any kind no in the comics he's got like a cybernetic virus that's taken over his body which they didn't say in this but he clearly had when when you when you're given a bit of information you can see oh yeah there's this metal taking over his whole body right like his eye glows he's got a metal arm he takes his shirt off it's like growing all over him sure um, so I guess that's what his story is. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Again, they, they they just tell you the base the basic stuff that matters to the plot. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I just feel like like Ryan Reynolds. It's not a criticism because it's his film. He very much was so dominant that a lot of the supporting characters kind of aren't terribly memorable. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're fine, uh, but the, yeah, he didn't really stand out for me. Although my favorite character was who's in both of them is absolutely uh, the blind woman who lives in his apartment. <laughs> She was plays by Leslie Uggams. She was incredible. Mm-hmm. She was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot less of her in this one, though. There was less of her, yeah. But there was some nice callbacks to the first one. Because yeah. my favourite joke in the first film was uh, she says something like, God, I miss cocaine. And um, and that's hilarious because old women cocaine. But um, how we laughed. Uh, but then he says when he's leaving, he says, I've left the a huge bag of cocaine next to the cure for blindness somewhere in the flat, so good luck. And then in this film, there's just a little sight gag where he, like, he pulls open a like upper floorboard, I think mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, yeah. And then I think he's getting a gun or some money or something. And it just it literally has a giant bag of cocaine and a box that says cure for blindness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little callback I enjoyed. Yeah, that was good. 
remember that there was one character that puzzled me a lot was that um so there's a character across both films called megasonic teenage warhead uh, negasonic negasonic what's the difference between megasonic and negasonic i don't know what is negasonic <laughs> sounds cool it does sound cool i have no idea what it is anyway so she's like this uh, moody teenage x-man mm-hmm. x-person i should say um they made that joke didn't they i think they did yeah um and she just rolled it rolled around. Yeah, which is good. Now, which is the, the perfect way to do it. Just like, oh come on, just shut up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she's just the yeah, she's just the aloof teenage character. Mm-hmm. She's quite good. And this film, she has a girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, played by an actress I don't recognise, but uh, the, she's an Asian actress. And yeah, her entire role consists of going hi and Deadpool going hi. And it was I, very weird, wasn't it? I couldn't tell if they were making fun of this whole thing that does happen a lot recently, where they will put a random like Japanese or Chinese actress or actor in a film in a supporting role and they won't really have any kind of personality they'll just purely be there like we saw it in recently it was in Tomb Raider there was a character from mm-hmm. China who was a Chinese yeah. there was a character in um, King Kong yeah who just got nothing to do whatsoever but was, yeah. it turned out it was like an A-list actress in China a little up later mm-hmm. and it's like they're almost they're just there to bring in the market from the, those countries and mm-hmm. it's kind of but they don't really get much to do so I couldn't tell if it was making that joke and making it really like hit you over the head with it with it had literally just being really stereotypical and just going hi or not yeah I don't really think they did it well enough because they yeah. didn't shine light on it they just put it there yeah if you'd said like oh so if you don't, if, in case you're wondering this girl's here so that we can sell this for the film in Japan that would have been I mean, great. Like, great. That, cool. that, that would have been it. it. Yeah, but instead it was just like, why does he keep saying hi to her? And why does mm. she keep saying it? It feels like really broadly stereotyped. Mm. Yeah, so that was weird. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really appreciate that. I feel like a joke that didn't really pay off. If it was a joke at all. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Um, so here's a little question, slightly abstract question. Before this film, what would you have most associated... The first film, I mean. What would you have most associated Ryan Reynolds with, do you reckon? Hmm... Maybe Green Lantern, maybe his appearance in Wolverine as Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. It's weird. He's been famous for as long as I can remember, but I couldn't really tell you a lot of things he's done yeah. that aren't this. Yeah. Like, it feels like he's finally found his... He's pe- so perfect in this role. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like he's finally found his thing that he's... His perfect role for, like, to be a movie star, to justify mm-hmm. him being a movie star. Because he does have this very kind of sarcastic, kind of quippy kind of, you know, style. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, Ryan Reynolds, he's been super famous for ages. And, but, like, what's he done? Like, Van Wilder, which was, like, a bad teen comedy. That I don't think he made that much money. So? Um, and he was in... Uh, what's that? Sure. Sure. Uh, he was in... mispronounced. Uh, he was in Blade Trinity, the third Blade film. But Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, not... not yeah. The Hitman's Bodyguard. Yes. Well, that came after Deadpool, didn't it? But, yeah. But, yeah, we... that, that, that was a good use of him. I, we yeah. both enjoyed that film. But, yeah. Yeah. I just found it quite... I wondered if you had anything I didn't. Mm-hmm. But that was a that was a funny joke in this one where they he in the post credits he kills off himself. Mm-hmm. He kills Ryan Reynolds reading the script for the Green Lantern and going, mm-hmm. "This is the one." <laughs> yeah. So it kind of I guess it acknowledges the fact that he is one of these people who's been floating around for a long time, and it, obviously everyone thought the Green Lantern was going to be his big vehicle, and then it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that film? Mm, ages ago, I don't remember. Is it is it bad? Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's just disappointing. Just, just not not entertainingly bad, just boring. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. Uh, I think it came out just after the Dark Knight, and they were like universe. <laughs> you were like, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. Did it totally bomb? Or I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these films are making a shitload of money, so mm. these will. Is there, I guess there'll be a third one. Maybe. Don't know. So I mean, 
Do you have any more thoughts on the film? No. So where would you like to see the character go next then, if, for the third part of the franchise or for any kind of sequel? Um... Space. Space. I guess it is just going to have to be The obvious silly. progression. Yeah, it just has to keep getting sillier. How is he mm. going to run up in space? I, I don't know. He'll, he'll come up with a generic way. Sure. Generic reason. Oh no, aliens are attacking, blue light in the sky, and stuff like that. So then he'll be fighting aliens in space? Probably, yes. I think it'd be funny, because this film does have a lot of good jokes at the expense of Wolverine. Mm -hmm. That seems to be his his favourite targets. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it'd be funny if they did a whole film in the style of Logan. Mm -hmm. Like, super, super serious, but then also, like, funny and making fun of itself. But really... Like, you know how there's a version of Logan that was filmed in black and white? Mm -hmm. I like like, like the idea of, like, Deadpool in black and white and stuff in there. Maybe Colossus is in a wheelchair or something, like, in the way Xavier is. I don't know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe there's, like, a mini Deadpool that he has to... Not like the kid in this film who was just kind of annoying and scrappy-do-ish, yeah. uh, but, like, a real, like, mini Deadpool who also gets ripped up, ripped up to pieces. Like, imagine, like, loads of really horrific violence, like, enacted on a child, but it's okay because the child constantly recovers. That seems weird. I mean, when I say child, I don't mean, like, a five-year-old. I mean, like, you know, a 12-year-old or something, like... They'd have to make it cartoonish so it wasn't actually upsetting to watch. You know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah. It'd be hard to do. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'd be really hard to do. I'm not... You've got a, you've got a weird idea here. I'm going to just move, pa- move past this. Okay, maybe that's never going to be workable. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. know. I just like the idea of having like a scrappy-doo kind of, you know... Uh, whatever. Deadpool does Scooby-Doo. Sure, sure, sure. Leave it at that. <laughs> that. That could be fun, actually. Yeah. Um, how would you rate this, then? I'd give it a high seven. I was going to give it an eight. An eight, yeah. An eight seems fair. I'm, I'm between a seven and eight. Yeah. Yeah. Anything on the same. Yeah. I feel like it's slightly too under the mill to be like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten are like films that I really, really loved. Whereas this was just, oh, that was really entertaining. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, yeah, definitely a high seven though. Um, mm. Yeah, I thought it was good. Great. All right. Well, I guess that concludes it. Great. So another one ticked off the list of superhero films for me to see. Brilliant. All right, great. Well, thanks for listening, um, everybody. Yes, thank you for being a Patreon, and welcome to any new ones we might have. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we hope you will continue to enjoy the show. Yeah, thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Let's go beyond beyond the box set.